my name is Di Brandt. I live in Brandon, Manitoba. Although I'm an old Winnipegger, I lived in Winnipeg for many, many years. I'm happy to be here at the Cirque. Uh, and uh, delighted to present to you two hot young poets from Toronto, Emily Schultz and Jacob Shire. Uh, we're both making ripples and waves in the Toronto art scene. And we're delighted that they're here. They both just uh, recently published uh, books with uh, ECW Press. And they're here uh, uh, with the generous sponsorship of ECW Press, uh, the Canada Council for the Arts, Brandon uh, University Faculty of Arts, and the Zerk. So uh, the first person of these two that's going to read to us is Emily Schultz. Uh, so I'll just tell you a little bit about her. She's a very multi-talented person. She has written, uh, published a short story collection, Black Coffee Night. She has also published a novel, Joyland, and uh, has finished another novel, which is upcoming with Anansi, Heaven is Small. And uh, her poetry collection, uh, her new poetry collection is Songs for the Dancing Chicken, and if you're lucky, she'll tell us uh, what, what, what that title is about. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> uh, she's also a former editor of Broken Pencil and this magazine, and has also uh, run an art gallery. Uh, the Globe and Mail recently included Emily Schultz in their list of, quote, tomorrow's Atwoods and Andaches, a very high honor. Mm. <clears throat> Uh, if you want to see some interesting short videos of her poetry, there are several uh, on her uh, website, which is www.joyland.ca, easy to remember. Uh, <clears throat> I'm just going to read you a, a couple of comments on what people have said about her poems. Uh, this is Kevin Connolly. Emily Schultz is not content to describe the darkness she loves from the shoreline. Why should she, when she could wade in and taste its current? A roadside truck fire becomes an oddly ecstatic event. A failing convenience store, a tilted phantasmagoria. Schultz's voice is completely contemporary, but in the shadows, the old stories lurk, the old dreams of terrors, unnervingly strange in the retelling. Yet for all their sudden sadness, these poems also invoke the hard one, joyous and necessary consolations of love and art. Straight up lyricism with teeth. What a welcome surprise. And uh, here's a comment from a reviewer in the Toronto Star. Schultz's best poems have claws, and they dig in. Please welcome Emily Schultz. Thanks, Di. And, um, and thank you to Derek and the Cirque for having us, and to all of you for coming in. Um, I think that uh, the Globe and Mail might take back that um, Monroe's Dashi, what, what, what was it again? I think they would take it back because, yeah, you know, they said that about me when I was under 30 and now I'm well over, so I don't know. My future might be dwindling or something. It's dated, it's dated. Um, I think that you're all a film audience. I think I heard a rumor to that effect. No. No? We're not here yet. The audience is not here, actually. Oh. We're all writers, it's okay. You're friends. Well, I hope you like film because um, I, I planned. <laughs> I planned mostly mostly film poems for you. Yes, we're oh, that's great. Okay. Okay, good. Well, this one is. Um, I am seeing a film. I am seeing a film. I am seeing a film, and you are with me. I am seeing a film, and you are far from me. 
I am seeing a film and the theater is bathed in blue light, but the insides of my mind are crimson. I am seeing a film and morality is small as popped corn. I am seeing a film and thinking about story, how it has its downfall, how narration isn't worth spit because we are able to sit in two places. I am seeing a film and my heart is beating. I am seeing a film and my retinas know more than I do. I am seeing a film and sitting behind myself, watching myself. I am seeing a film and I am in France. I am seeing a film and I am in the American South. I am seeing a film and I am on the Canadian West Coast. I am seeing a film and I am in my parents' living room back when it was still the color of apple pulp. I am seeing a film in a theater where the ushers wear costumes and I wish I were that thin again. I am seeing a film and trying to record the experience to retell at a later date because I want the catharsis of having bonded to at least one movie so much that it changed my life the instant I first saw it and I immediately went out and did something reckless or wonderful. I am seeing a film and making a list of reckless and wonderful things. I am seeing a film and wishing I could press pause. I am seeing a film gripped by the sudden fear that I knew you in another life, that when I walked across the lobby to meet you, we were both other people. I am seeing a film, and the world does not belong to me. I am seeing a film and driving out of a city in a car I no longer own to a song I love and no longer listen to. I am seeing a film, and your mother is still alive. I am seeing a film, and my dog is waiting in the dark apartment with the mice. I am seeing a film, and Alfred Hitchcock makes his cameo sitting beside me. I am seeing a film, and George Sanders leans from the other side, whispering sweet evil in my ear beneath that suave, righteous face of his, that face now long dead, George Sanders' lovely suicide lips. I am seeing a film, through Wong Kar Wai smoke, a 1960s smoke, the smoke of my father and of all fathers. I am seeing a film and standing atop a sylvan precipice, breathing Herzogian air, clouded with dirt and clamor. I am seeing a film and contemplating synonyms for green. I am seeing a film and I am here and no place else. I am seeing a film and outside the cinema it is raining, a soft slight rain, just enough of a rain, a rain like the wind was waiting to use the drops, beat a message against the window of a certain girl, get her attention, so she doesn't make that grave mistake. But I have no idea it has even started, this rain. Yeah, so um, some of the some of the poems in this collection reference uh, films by Werner Herzog, and um, I'll read a few of those now. I don't know if you're familiar with Herzog's films. Some of you may be. He did Rescue Dawn recently, although I don't have a poem for that one, and uh, Grizzly Man, which I'll read. And this one is based on Nosferatu, which uh, you know, if you if you like your vampire horror movies, it's called New Rats. I relate to the rats, the rats that run like a river, 
because I have known rats, those of alley eateries now and then thieving their ways into my closets. They've scrambled among winter boots, soiled pages of old diaries. In this version, they hatch from black caskets packed solid with earth. Even evil closes its eyes, sleeps, must sleep, in the ground where it was born. Carried by river, this cargo eats grown men in a solitary night. This ship bumps to shore, brown rats rise from water, bubbling, flooding the city. As if a phantom is divided among a thousand incurrent beasts, each bugs disease. And in our own lives, how often do we avoid moving closer, gazing into the coffins of relatives? The bald man with long fingernails, the dirt and vermin. Inside, inexplicably, like necrophagus flies, these rats. They step over one another on supper tables, tombs, church steps, colliding ghosts on ground level, the genetic similitude of a thing that sees by sonar, flies blind, sleeps upside down, and a thing that scratches the backs of cabinets, nibbles the night, sees with its teeth. Fifty years before I was born, the original and a symphony descrounds. Guy taught me how to say that. It means um, a symphony of horrors, <laughs> and it's the tagline to the original movie, but I was bungling it before, and I was saying it in English because I didn't know how to say it, and she taught me. Am I reading loudly enough? Yeah. So this one, again, is, is based on a Herzog film, and it's called Even Dwarfs Started Small. A dead chicken and a live chicken on a patch of gray dirt. The living paws at the dead with pale talons as if to wake it while attempting to consume it, plucking its white tufted feathers and swallowing. In a bare room, an unseen director tells you which way to look. Are you dumb or something? Like a mugshot, a license plate clutched to your chest. For you, the size of a seat from a child's swing. You might as well confess, we already know. In the hall, four women and two men lined up on a bench, wearing plaid shirts and everyday work clothes. Tough, tiny, mascaraed old girls with sleeves rolled up. Alongside, little Johnny Cashes, who stare ahead in black and white. There's no stare like a stare without color. You know what is coming for them. You know you are just one of the others. So this one's based on the grizzly man, and uh, it's about the bears, so it's called Sergeant Brown. It begins with a dulcet huffing, like the distant thump of ocean or bay of bassoon. Why are we most beautiful when we fight? Our coats shimmering, the motion of muscles striping arms and shoulders, agility clear and quick as sunlight, eyes intent. In a dance of lumbering, flat nostrils flare, moist against each other. We bark, salivate, dig back legs deep. Our paws find their positions as if by music. Our embrace is a joining of face, of teeth, of haunch and claw, of shaking, of hissing directly into one another's maws. We force each other horizontal into sand and shit, a plowed up say uncle hold, Fairy jaw into scruff heartbeat and jugular. Back legs thrust from below, one foot against throat, the other against grisly groin. 
We are a circle of fur, a yin-yang of brown, where white and black dots meet at the head, face off, instead of floating separately in balance. I am hoping your ear is your Achilles. I can come back from the ground. I am larger than you think. Fluff surfs through the summer air with its gulls. Yet I cannot beat you simply by searching, uh, shirking your advantage. The final steps are yours, braying low in my ear. Loss is lying flat upon belly before a fluttering inlet with its crisp and unending blue line. This one's the title poem. It's called Song for the Dancing Chicken, which is um, taken from Herzog's movie Strauss-Check, um, in which he has, uh, I hate to give away the ending, but he has a chicken that just won't stop dancing. And to get the shot, he had to train the chicken beyond what a normal chicken can do. <laughs> Here is Herzog, a man who would train chickens to dance for dinner in a penny arcade. Not three seconds, but a full 15. Repeat and re-loop, peck that piano, scratch that dirt, knock your rotten red head against the prize. Longer, little bird, this is not a mere exercise in entertainment. Europe understands Americana's script is written for animals. A kernel of corn to console you. You, stupid cannibal creature with your cockfight proclivity. You are capable of more. You are the most important chicken in history, you and your chicken sisters. Mysterious stand-ins for those of us lacking fleshy claws, freckled feathers. This film crew can call it rubbish, storm off in a huff and return to find that art is the stuff already happening. Among the hay, harmonica, barnyard shuffle, and bird shit. <laughs> So let's, let's move away from Werner Herzog now, as difficult as that is for me. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is just before the night ripped open like a sash. God and I are in a cabaret, my father playing piano with a crowbar and a candlestick, an instant set of string drums, beating away 17 inside his 60-year-old skin, disminute pre-curtain, death is off having near experiences in the bathroom with the man they call Wild. When we see death again in his slim white clam diggers, he's chewing on teeth like they're chiclets, yammering two octaves too high, our leading man utterly fucked up on formaldehyde. Kill disaster. Daddy-o goes forte, for there's no such thing as forte piano when your audience is mostly ghost. Their lives are quiet enough the rest of the time. On stage, the painted set wobbles, threatens to tumble, like a Warhol girl in a crepe paper dress. God staggers through the hall, meekly barters away eternal life as he bums a smoke off a mortal, sits in the overpowdered light of the dressing room, muttering, without death, we have to cut the whole third act. Without death, it's the only option. In the chalky gloom beneath luminescent elbows, the tabletop is globbed with glitter and rouge. From the other room above the smashing, an arc of singing takes flight fastidious as a woman crying. God sucks in a long breath, rewriting, sans Lexus. The boas in the closet, like live creatures, tremble. Thank you. 
fume poem. Forget the hooey. The thing here that bugs is the heat. Like Virginia, midday, bristling, juicy with it, the air, a raw chunk of flesh. An after hours armpit, sweat goes without saying. The only sweet of flower at night that fills each timid cob bed on the street with cotton and refuses to be named, bleeding thick through the window, some old ghost. 5 a.m. is the new 3 a.m. Drive out this time of night from Strawberry Street, west on Monument Ave. Hit the 24-hour gas and snack at Thompson and Elwood, its charged green open. Buy two bags of Lay's, one for you, one for the self you've excreted through the day, through the night, turning your exile self. Eat them to silver bag bottom before you reach the shared rented place you call home. Sit in the laneway beside this colonial house, listening. Its backyard with seven roofs, an urban hollow camping place whose solace is its darkness, its set of parking instructions, hydrangea. The neighborhood hears you. It's that heat. It climbs in you, ejects you from yourself, crawls cockroach quick across your skin, nettling. Makes you sound before you even step, skin a squall in magnolia stillness, killed ignition, air condition. Tomorrow, buy two hours for a dollar, the igloo of a repertory theater, let your V8 rest. The old dog evening turns expertly over, keeps snoring, belly side shaking, tongue out. It's hot here, hot like something you only read about. Okay, we're getting down to the end. This one's called For Memory. We will not see the time we are living in as time at all, but rather the end of all time. In my mind, you are 36 exposures from one angle. You are the light going off. My eye is the black bar that blinks, a segment of darkness between your skin, your skin, your skin, the slim, repetitive parts of you that age without my noticing. You will always be 17. You will always be 27. The world will always be pulling up its pants in the damp, cold gray of morning, ready for another war. The boy from the theater, the excrement of dogs. When we were together, we were always seeing ghosts. The moon was the fullest and brightest it had been in a hundred years. I made love to you, but I was thinking of another. Now you make love to another and think of me. We wandered the streets like two clowns sleuthing the stolen red circle of our one-room show. In our absence, the little dog shot on the floor when the crowd went home. Out my window, you saw something that made you cry. You lay back down next to me under the cover of night. I lay dreaming that we were a thousand years old. When I woke, you were sunlight, and my heart was the cold color of snow. In the apartment below me, a spoon scraped the bottom of an empty bowl. Thank you.